This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for Clearpoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, associate professor of finance at Mississippi College and president of New Perspectives. Our guest this morning is Sean Mercer, public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration. Sean's here to answer Social Security questions. So if you have a question about Social Security or a personal finance question, give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 877 Six seven two seven four six four, or send us an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that everyone is doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Always good to have you on the program, uh, Sean. Glad to be back. Uh, so uh, usually is a busy day when Sean is on the air with us talking about Social Security. So if you have a question, it might be a good idea to go ahead, uh, jump on the phone line. We've got them all open now at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Again, you can also send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. So, an excitement uh, this weekend. Well, uh, Mississippi State won, right, Chris? Y'all they, are really they, excited at your house. They, uh, my, my children and my wife are very excited. I'm, I'm excited, too, to a point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and my husband is very excited that Arkansas pulled out another squeaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they usually lose out on those, but uh, he was very happy about that. Very good. Um, what about uh, financial news in the news? Oh, do we have to talk about that? No. <laughs> well, it's been um, a few volatile trading days. Really hit us on Friday uh, with markets dropping 2 to 2.5% and bouncing back nicely yesterday, but not regaining where they were. And all of this is centered around talk of, of rising interest rates and what will the Federal Reserve do. And so far, what we're hearing, what we're guessing is that probably there will be a rate increase but it won't come until the end of the year, possibly in December. And uh, it's going to be very small. They're going to raise them very slowly. So I think people just need to settle down, relax. It's going to be fine. All right. Very good. Again, we're talking uh, Social Security this morning with uh, Sean Mercer, Public Affairs Specialist at the Social Security Administration. So if you want to get a call in, go ahead and get some in. The phone lines are starting to line up already at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Send us an email. It's money at org. So, Sean, the last couple of times you've been with us, you've been telling us about the, the My Social Security account, trying to encourage folks uh, to investigate that. Uh, tell us exactly what that is. That is probably the best online tool that we have. It's a way for you to go in and set up your personal account. Uh, it's for everybody, not just for people who are receiving benefits. For people who are already getting their benefits, change your address, change direct deposit, get a replacement Social Security card, everything online, benefit verification. So you can, if you're doing online banking, there's no reason to not have a My Social Security account. For those of us who are not quite there yet to draw benefits, you still need a My Social Security account. Print out your yearly uh, statement that shows what you've worked and paid in. So it's something for everybody. Uh, Gives a pin and a password for you. So if you're doing online banking, it's uh, great for you to have. 
Uh, Sean, we use it a lot for clients who come in and meet with us, and so many don't know exactly what their benefits will be. And so that's part of the retirement planning process is where's your income coming from? How much will it be and how much will you need? And so we usually will walk them through and set it up for them so we can look at the actual earnings and uh, look at those numbers so that we can factor in what they need to do. That's right, because once you set that account up, you have instant access to that Social Security statement, and that's what you're looking for. And we want everyone to be aware of what those benefits are and to talk with other people about, you know, financial planning, because at Social Security, we're only dealing with one aspect of the of their future. And we can't answer any questions about, you know, all this other. So we want them to be aware of what those benefits are and then use all the tools they have available for them to complement that. And uh, a lot of people will say to us, oh, yeah, I've, I've been getting those statements. And I don't think that's right. We stopped them several years ago. No, we have started back. That's one of the most expensive. But isn't it only for a certain group of people? You're exactly right. It's in five year increments. So you're going to get it on your 35th birthday, your 40th, 45, and so forth. And so, so we're on. just imagining that we've gotten those That's right. Everybody says, oh, I got one of those last year. And I was like, I don't think you <laughs> yeah. did. So time yeah. flies. It's but, fast. But you can still go back online and just print it out every year. Every, for yourself. Yeah, you can print it out every yeah. day yeah, if I'm you just, want to. You can pull it up and look at it. It's only going to have a change when your uh, earnings are posted from the IRS. And those get posted pretty quickly now with online filing and the way the employers report wages and the way people are filing their tax returns. So we see those updates to those uh, statements, you know, February, March. And those are big numbers that usually surprise people. They're very pleasantly surprised to see what they're going to be getting in retirement. We used to think of it, um, Social Security is replacing about 40%. And I was just reading an article this last week that says it's now about 50%. So we want, you know, everybody to realize what those benefits are and then to, you know, make those financial plans. And not only is it for retirement, for the people that you're helping, but we want people, especially our younger workers out there, looking at that disability and those survivor benefits, you know, yes, we deal with retirement. That's our largest payout on a daily basis of what goes out the door goes to retirees. But death and disability are big things that we're involved with. And unless it's happened to you or close family member or friend, you just, a lot of people don't consider what if I can't go to work tomorrow or worse yet, what if something happens to, you know, myself or my spouse and I don't have that income. You know, two things here. One, I was just looking at these. Um, I, I was going through some folders uh, yesterday, no, two days ago, came across Social Security printout, and then looking at, and again, 62, 67, 70. There is a big, big difference in there, so I hope I can work as long as I can. Now, why the 50%, Nancy? What, I mean, you said 40, what, what happened? Well, um, I think maybe some of the difference is uh, this recognition that a lot of people are structuring their expenses differently. So if you've if your house is paid off by the time you retire, if other debt is cleared out, then you don't need as much in income. And and that's the other thing that I hear from people. They come in and they think they have to have the same salary in retirement that they were drawing while they were working. And they forget that their tax structure is going to be different. They're no longer going to be contributing to retirement accounts. Um, They won't be spending as much on, you know, uh, gasoline to get to and from work or lunches or even clothing. So things can change drastically. And so I think that's why the shift. 
So uh, my 55th birthday is this month, so I'll be getting my... You, you may be getting one, if not, but you should have your Social Security account. That would prevent us from mailing you one because we would be smart enough to know that you could be able to get that at your fingertips <laughs> any day. So I'll expect there to be a My Social Security account signed up just as soon as we get off the air. Okay. Yeah. And so quick, uh, just go to uh, the, the, the page and sign so up Socialsecurity.gov is our website, and we'll repeat that several times throughout the program today. And you can sign up right in the middle of the page, the My Social Security, and you can sign up up there and it does go into a little bit more uh questions than just your normal it's name, kind of big brother feeling like you know and like what was what color was your first car right. and i'm and thinking how do they know all this about what me? we're looking at is we have we have uh partnered with one of the major credit bureaus out there so we may uh -huh. ask you about a car loan or a uh house note right and the reason and sometimes the answer is none of the above the reason we do that is because we want to make sure the American public feels safe and secure doing business with us online because it is in Mississippi we're doing a you know about forty percent of our claims every day are being done online for individuals filing for retirement disability Medicare so we want to make sure we're going that extra step to certify who we're dealing with on the other end of that computer all right looks like we've got some calls ready to go so we start in Natchez a cash is on the line good morning go ahead Hi, good morning. I have a question about, uh, you know, foreign workers who come on H-1B and other visa. I've been here 17 years, uh, came as a student uh, for my master's and PhD, and have been contributing into uh, Social Security for over 11 years and state retirement fund. So what happens if I, let's say, decide to leave the country without taking citizenship? Uh, would I still be eligible for Social Security when I come to the retirement age? That's a good question. And you can go to our website and look. We have, I believe the correct term is totalization agreements with foreign countries. So you would need to look on our website and type in the search engine totalization agreements. And it depends on what country you're going to because uh, whether or not we combine. So let's say, for instance, I'll just use an easy example here that I worked in the United States and then I went and worked in Europe. And we do have a totalization agreement, I believe, with Europe. And so when it got time to retire, that claim would be handled from our central office who would deal with Europe to see how those retirement benefits are combined to see what the benefits you would, would draw. So the answer to your question is, in that situation, would you would get a credit for your Social Security work here because you have been working as a as a legal resident here in the United States. Uh, so, again, it depends on what country you're going to. Uh, probably India. We need to look on there. I'm not sure what all those agreements are, but if you can visit our website at socialsecurity.gov and look under totalization agreements, and they'll uh, they'll list the countries that we currently have agreements with there. So if, if, there is, if there is no totalization agreement with India, so I won't be able to draw any Social Security when I retire? Probably not, unless you're here and depends on what your legal status is uh, once you get ready to retire. And we could, you do not necessarily have to be living here. We send checks abroad. Again, you can visit our website and see what countries you're allowed to live in. We don't send checks all over the world or pay people who are living all over the world because everything's paid via direct deposit. There are some uh, some places that are our, our payments are banned going to, but... It would all depend on you've got a lot of what ifs in your scenario there. What if you left or what if you're what was your legal status while you're working here? So a lot of things we'll need to look at in your particular case. What if I still maintain my checking account here? Could it be deposited here and then I just withdraw from uh, wherever I am? Uh, possibly so, but we do need to look in, you know, in today's world, we do need to look and see where uh, an actual person may be residing. Okay. All right. 
Or don't so that brings up like expats um, who retire here and then live abroad, whether it's for an extensive period of time or short periods of time. Um, if they just maintain a local checking account, then the money can be funneled through that, right? We need to look at that and see, yes. But you do have people who are, you know, world travelers and, right. you know, who are not here all the time and do have accounts and they may have retired here, but they live in, you know, Europe. Or, or wherever. So the big thing there is a lot of people I don't think to consider, and it's we're not Medicare. Right. But your so health you, so you're not going to get the Medicare. We're not no. get, but a lot of people think, oh, I've got Medicare. Well, Medicare is just good, you know, inside the United States. And yes, you do get Medicare because of what you've worked and paid into Social Security. And we do work in administering part of that for parts A and B and so forth and so on. So that's a big decision for people who are who are going to live abroad there that may we see sometimes they may not have taken that's into account. That's a big account. deal when you're mm-hmm. talking about your health insurance. That's right. Okay, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, as uh, suggested, uh, the phone lines are jammed up, so we will take a quick break and get back with calls uh, from Sharon, Bill, Frank, and Connie. Uh, Visiting with us on Money Talks this morning is Sean Mercer, Public Affairs Specialist at the Social Security Administration. If you have a Social Security question, uh, try to get in at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. As one caller drops off, another line will be available. We'll be back with more after this. a big decision to make on November 8th. A date which will live not in, in Mr. Gorbachev. We will keep this promise to the American people. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. Hi, I'm Jason Klein, director of MPB Radio. It's time for our fall drive, but we're changing the game this year. Our goal is to raise the cost of all things considered. One drive, one day, $100,000. Like other state agencies, MPB's budget has been cut. So we need your help now more than ever. Your contribution combined with other members makes a huge difference. And this year, it's only one day, one drive, $100,000. Friday on MPB Think Radio. And thank you. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lockridge-Anderson. We're visiting this morning with Sean Mercer, a public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration, and so Sean is answering Social Security questions. As predicted, it is jammed up on the phone lines, so uh, when you want to get your question answered, work in your call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And as I said, as one line drops off, that line is open, so you can call in. Uh, so we will start again in South Mississippi as we say good morning to Sharon. Hello, Sharon. Hey, how you doing? Good. Go ahead, please. Last year in July, I applied for disability and I got denied. So I applied again and I got denied. So I got two denials. And I signed the papers to go before the judge. So how long does it take for me to go before the judge and... You know, like, what's the outcome going to be? 
All right, Sharon, good question. And your, the, your local hearing office, it, the, probably in South Mississippi, is going to be the Hattiesburg uh, Hearing Office, Office of Hearing and Appeals. And you could contact them to see exactly when your hearing is going to be set. If you've got a representative or an attorney helping you, he or she can tell you a little bit more about that. As far as the outcome, we don't really know. Uh, you can appeal all decisions that come from Social Security, and that's what you've done thus far. And the uh, hearing will be a chance for you to meet face-to-face -face with the judge or via video conference and present you know, more than just medical evidence, what we call lay evidence there. So, uh, again, need to contact the hearing office there probably in Hattiesburg, and they could give you a time frame on when you might be able to uh, have your hearing set. All right, Sharon, thanks for that call. Let's move along next. We invite Frank from Jackson into the conversation. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. I have a couple of questions. Uh, number one, could you please say one more time the truth or fallacy of the assertion that the Social Security system is under financial stress because over the decades Congress has been taking money out of the trust fund and using it for everyday expenses? And number two, uh, I was getting disability for a while, and they were deducting uh, taxes from my uh, payments. Now I am on Social Security, Medicare. Will they still continue to take taxes out of my uh, my benefit check? Okay, good question there, uh, sir. Uh, and the first one is the financial stability of Social Security. And yes, Social Security is in trouble. Uh, we look at our long-term solvency there. We look, our projections are uh, that we could only pay about 74 cents of every dollar that we owe out there in the future uh, in about uh, 15 or 20 years. And so we are looking to Congress to change the rules. If you look back over the Social Security Act, we've changed uh, about every 10 or 15 years change the act to keep up with what we're doing as a as a society no real major changes to the social security act since 1984 so yes uh, our commissioner uh, goes before congress each year it's printed on your social security statement there about what our shortcomings are and so uh, yes we do need to make some changes small changes have big impacts with the amount of money that we take in on a monthly basis so we're always looking for small changes that will keep the program solvent throughout uh, you know, our lifetime and our children's lifetime. Your next question about taxes are, yes, Social Security can be federally taxable, and uh, th them deducting tax from your check is something that you have decided. You can fill out a uh, form from the IRS, and we do hold withhold taxes because not everyone's Social Security benefits are taxable. It depends on what your adjusted gross income is for your household, so it depends on if you're filing a single return or a joint return. We're not tax professionals at Social Security, so we don't get into that. All we do is offer you the opportunity, if you've spoken with your tax professional and you would like to have taxable, I mean taxes withheld from your benefits, we offer you the opportunity to do that and allow you to have that deducted so you don't owe such a big tax uh, hit at the end of the year. All right, Frank, thanks for your call. Let's uh, move on next. We've got uh, Connie in uh, Brookhaven. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. Um, a couple of questions. Uh, my ex-husband, my son's father, passed away a few weeks ago, and he also has um, another son, so two children. One will be 18 in a year and a half, and my son is six. Um, I did go down to the Social Security office and get an appointment to come in and see them about benefits. Um, how soon does it start after you've had your appointment and uh, certified that everything is so true? Um, 
the other question is, does it does it last until the child is 18, or is there a cutoff where a certain amount is earned and it ends? Um, and the last question is, when the other son turns 18, do the benefits amounts change? Thank you for calling, Connie. Sorry about your loss. And seems like you've done everything exactly correct. And the benefits, if I can keep all your questions in order here, the benefits will start quickly after we process everything. Need to make sure you can prove that the the child is, you know, the father was the father of your child. So you've got, you know, a birth certificate or something like that to prove that he was uh, the father there. There are two children drawing, so uh, they're going to split what we call the family max. And so once the oldest child turns 18 or graduates from high school, your son's benefits could go up. The benefits are going to be based on what your ex-husband worked and paid in, and the benefits will be split between the two children that are on the record or any other children that may be out there that we can prove, you know, he was the father of that may come forward. So, uh, keep your appointment, uh, have your, uh, benefits. You can probably do everything over the telephone. So, uh, then if you have to uh, submit something to the office, you can drop it by there or mail it to them. And you need to have an account set up in your name for your child so that we can have those benefits go direct deposit. That'll help speed things up. And we can send those, those payments directly to the bank for you. Sean, I have a question. Can she get benefits because she is the mother of the minor child? Since she's an ex-wife, uh, no, not in this situation. Okay. It'll be just for the, it, when you're looking at survivor benefits, you're looking for a spouse or dependent children. Got it. And in this case, she's an ex-wife, but she has a dependent child. So I believe in the scenario we've got, it's only going to be benefits for the child. Thanks for your call, Connie. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a question for Sean Mercer, the public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email, money at mpbonline.org. We're also looking for any personal finance questions that you might have. Let's uh, go next to Vicksburg. Mary is on the line. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. I worked out of state um, back in the years, and I'm now retired. And I went through an incident and lost uh, my home. I wanted to know if I could pay back the years I withdrew um, re retirement funds and as well as um, the current in order to uh, re uh, redo my uh, estimate. Okay, Miss Mary, thank you for the call. I don't there to answer your question as far as Social Security is concerned, you can't go back in and repay or redo. In fact, you can't just pay into Social Security. You pay into Social Security by two ways, either working or being self-employed. So you you pay in through via W-2 or via uh, uh, net income from a self-employment tax return. So in the, if in your particular situation, I don't think there's anything that you would need to do at Social Security at this time. All right, Mary, thanks for the call. We've got another caller on the line, and so we're going next to uh, Greenwood, and Bill called in today. Good morning, Bill. Oh, yes, hi. Uh, I've got a Putnam fund, about $100,000, and I'm not making anything out of it. I wanted to transfer my money out, but they tried to convince me uh, to go into some other Putnam fund, but I'd like to get into somewhere I can make the best return 
with Kenneth Safe. They, they're telling me if I get into the uh, 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 international money, that I can really do good. So you have any ideas about Putnam Fund? Oh, gosh, Bill. First of all, we don't know which Putnam Fund. Do you know? Yes, it's the government-funded Putnam Fund. Okay. And I called them. I said, maybe I can get into the S&P. And they said, well, you ought to get into the the, the money, international money. But I, I just had to get my money out. I well, think. I don't um, know. First, I, I would say, for how old are you? I'm 62. Okay, so um, you are in something that is very, very safe, and interest rates are very low, and they're going to stay low for an extended period of time. So that government bond fund, those yields are going to be low, and that's what you're going to live with if you're in that fund. Also recognize that Putnam typically is a commission uh, company. Now, I don't know what your particular commission that you're paying on this fund, but that can reduce your returns as well. Um, I'm not making anything. In fact, sometimes they've even taken money out of my fund where I've lost money. Okay. Um, You probably just need to talk to an independent advisor and uh, maybe someone you can just pay a fee to direct you to something a little bit better. And I would say instead of going from government uh, bond fund all the way over to the end of the limb to an international fund, maybe something in between, a balanced fund that has some of the S&P 500 companies in it, as well as still having some of those safe government bond funds all in one good, well-managed, low-cost mutual fund. And the cost is really the key. You want to make sure that what you pay on an annual basis is low, plus what you pay the fees to the broker to get you into it is low. Do you have any idea about what company would be better than Putnam? Vanguard. Vanguard. Okay. Well, thank you so much, ma'am. Okay. Good luck. Thanks for the call, Bill. Uh, We need to take another quick break. When we get back, we've got uh, Sean Mercer in studio this morning. He's the public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration. So if you have a Social Security question or a personal finance question, give us a call this morning. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 877 672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more Money Talks after this break. on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford, credit counselor and educator for ClearPoint Credit Counseling Solutions, and Nancy Lontridge-Anderson, associate professor of finance at Mississippi College, president of New Perspectives. Our guest this morning is Sean Mercer, public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration. We've been taking Social Security questions and personal finance questions this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 
7464, or you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Well, Sean, there's been a big change in the Social Security law this past year, and that has to do with file and suspend and the strategy that some couples use. Can you explain that to us? That's right. There was, if you were reading any of the financial uh, magazines or advice, there was uh, some opportunities out there, some unintended consequences to Social Security called file and suspend. Uh, a lot of people, we think, got some bad advice because they really didn't qualify up front. To be able to do that before we change the, the rules, you had to both be full retirement age, and that's what really got most of them. I saw a few people that were able to do that before the rules were changed, and what you usually had was a couple who both were age 66. The wife had not worked outside the home. The husband was a high-income wage earner who wanted to wait till age 70 to actually draw benefits. They both came in. He filed. She did not have any earnings to file on. She was eligible for benefits off of his record, which was 50% of his benefit. He immediately suspended his, got the 8% uh, delayed earned tax credits from age 66. Which is huge. Which is huge, and he will come back and visit us at age 70. Now, so, that is gone, right? That is, that is right. You're not, we're not able to do that currently. What we would look at is for the wife to be able to draw benefits on her own record, or in this case, the husband would have to start drawing benefits at age 66 along with his wife, which is not a bad deal, but it's just not that 24% more rate of return that he's wanting to get at age 70. Well, I've also been reading that uh, uh, another strategy that is now being offered is when you have two earners, very common now, that uh, at full retirement, that um, the lower earner would go ahead and pull the trigger and start collecting retirement. And the spouse would then get half of the lower earner's Social Security, and then but then wait until age 70 to file hit on his or hers. Is that correct? That is right. And so you do get a little bit more money coming into the household because he's getting half of that smaller amount if we're talking about a high income earner versus a, a lower. And you allow earner. that lo higher income earner's earnings to, to grow at that 8%. That's now, right. here's the other issue, um, because it's a big deal for couples when one spouse dies and you lose part of your Social Security income because you step up to the higher one. Provided you're over the full retirement age or, or, or at any time, but right. if you're over full retirement age, you would draw the full amount. So, so that brings up this idea that allowing that higher income earner to delay collecting on theirs until they're age 70, and that means that benefit when that person, when either one of the couple dies, is now a larger benefit left to the survivor. Is that it, correct? It could be. That is right, because when you have the delayed earned tax credits, and this gets kind of complicated and does not apply to all of our listeners out there, but in the situation that you gave, if it's after full retirement age, only the number holder gets the delayed earned tax credits. But let's say they're 72 years old and the husband passes away. Then the wife does draw that higher amount, including those delayed earned tax credits, which would well, be the 24%. That's a big deal. It could be a big deal, especially if you look at longevity now as to how long that, that spouse may live beyond age Well, 70. especially when we're seeing about half of the people are starting to draw at age 62. And there are those, uh, especially our, our husbands we work with, they'll say, well, you know, She's going to outlive me anyway, mm -hmm. um, and I want to go ahead and collect mine. But if they delay, and even if they pass away before they reach age 70, is that right, that those earnings will be higher for her? The, for, the, for the remaining spouse. You're exactly right. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Back to the phone lines we go on this day on Money Talks, visiting with uh, Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. So start again in Mobile. Virgil's on the line. Good morning, Virgil. Uh, good morning. Go ahead. Uh, I've got my retirement estimator that I printed out uh, in June of last year from the official website. And I was just wondering, is there a, a, a period of time? I'm looking at full uh, retirement at 66. I'm only 65 now, and I'm a believer in the delay program. But uh, there appears to be about a 2% increase uh, when I plugged in, you know, what I thought I would uh, estimated earnings would be. Uh, if you retire at uh, 67, if you just decided to wait a year, I only see about a 2% increase, and yet all the other increments are the 8% we've all heard about. Is it just possible that there was some kind of misprint, you think, on this, or is there some kind of special deal that only applies between 66 and 67? No, it should be if you're full. What what year were you born in, sir? Uh, Fifty one. Okay, so that is. Could correct. it be the month? Yeah, maybe looking at the month. So we're not it, talking about a full year, we're right? Talking it about could part be. We would have to look at that and see, uh, uh, you know, exactly what we're looking at. I would suggest that you call your local office okay. and set up an appointment, just like you're getting ready to retire on uh, over the phone. Okay. And uh, then we can talk with you, pull all that up, and then we can really start looking at your earnings record and compare apples to apples. We'll go right up to the point, and you say, I want to wait, and then that's your choice, and you call us back later, and that way we can really look into that for you. But I think Nancy may be right. We may be looking at the, at the, at the year there and uh, not necessarily a calendar year. Right. I see. I see. Well, okay. I was afraid of that because I was thinking, doggone, you, don't, you only get 2% to hang in there an extra year. Yeah, that doesn't seem no, like it, much. It, it, should, it should be a full year. But I would suggest you do that. Uh, we're certainly there to answer those questions, and that would be a good use of your time, and that would uh, help you sleep a little better, too. Uh, well, All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Virgil, for the call. Let's uh, move on. Next, we're going to go to Allie, who's called in from the Delta this morning. Go ahead, please. Hey, good morning to y'all. I was listening previously, and I thought I understood that for American residents, um, American citizens that become residents of another country, that they don't uh, get to experience Medicare coverage, Medicare benefits. Are Medicare benefits still in effect for just Americans that travel, say, a, take a month vacation? Do they still have Medicare coverage at that time? Thank you for the call. So, uh, I want you to visit a website, Medicare.gov, and it's got a great search engine on there. A lot of information. We're not so we're not Medicare, and we can't speak directly to that. But we have seen instances where people were traveling abroad and had, you know, health issues. And Medicare is good inside the United States, but we. You know, don't know what it would do if you were in Europe or, you know, Asia or wherever. So look on the Medicare uh, website at Medicare.gov, and they've got a real good section in there about, you know, Medicare coverage while traveling abroad. Well, and I was... I would say uh, anytime you're going to travel, you need to check out what the situation would be in the country where you're going to, um, what your coverage would take care of. Uh, in some countries, I've heard of people who've had health incidents where that country's system takes care of the whole bill. So know that before you get on the plane. That'd be a good advice. Thank you all so much. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, the public affairs specialist at the Social Security Administration, primarily talking Social Security. But if you have a personal finance question, we can give you some advice as well. The number to call is one 
1-877-672-7464-MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. So, Sean, um, we talked about uh, the full retirement age. If you could uh, give us maybe a refresher on, on what that's all about. All right. That was the reason that I asked the caller from Mobile about that, because, you know, the full retirement age is currently age 66 for those obtaining age 66 now, which would be those b- born in 1943 to 1954, beginning 1955 uh, and increasing up to those born after 1960 it increases up to a maximum of age 67. So I fall in that category, being born in 68, that my full retirement age is age 67. Now, the bottom number hasn't changed. My reduced retirement is still age 62, and then I've still got the option to wait till age 70 for those delayed earned tax credits. Do you see that changing, or is that kind of grandfathered in? You think? Well, you know, the last changes we had, as I mentioned at the front end of the program, were 1984. When they changed that, it was a, a large uh, period of time before it was grandfathered in. So, you know, right now there's there's nothing on there, but that is something to look at. Hey, you change the top number. Also kind of makes it hard on us. They didn't change Medicare eligibility. It's still age 65. And we've got all of these weird times. And, you know, you have somebody who wants to delay until full retirement age, but then they need to go ahead and start taking Medicare. That means they're going to have to pay their Part B premiums out of their own pocket. That's right. So it actually causes, you know, the John Q. Public to have to contact us twice, go online at socialsecurity.gov and file the Medicare claim shortly before they turn 65, but they don't want cash benefits. Then a year later, they recontact us, file for the retirement claim, at right before they turn age 66. And if you don't file for Medicare within that seven-month window, you are penalized. That's Your right. Your premiums we, are going to be higher. We don't go looking for people to file for Medicare. That's something that you, you come to you know to us to do. Got another caller on the line. We go to Jackson and say hello to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. What's your question for us? Uh, well, it's kind of complicated. I'll try to make it as short as I can. But in 1986... And I, I'm 61 at this time. But in 1986, I was uh, diagnosed with leukemia and, and got on disability. And I uh, ended up going through a, a state rehabilitation program. And by 94, I had got my bachelor's degree in a different field and, and went back to work. And I worked... Um, and then I was off of Social Security, of course, but they, they claimed that I owed them back like $37,000 because it was from the time I I uh, got out of school until I went to work, or I went to work and then got got paid for it. But And it was about two, maybe two years of getting paid benefits, and they I appealed everything and was found that I owe that. So I, they, they agreed to that I could pay them $100 a month until it's paid off. Well, retirement's going to be coming up in the next year or two. My question is how I will pay that back. Will I write them a check, or will it come off the top of the Social Security check? I've asked them that question, and they said it would come off right off the top of the, you know, when I start getting uh, Social Security checks. And I asked them to, could they mail me proof that that would happen? And they said, oh, no, we can't do that. 
and with all the problems that I had had with them, I, I, I really have, uh, to say the least, not a whole lot of trust. How that, would that come about? Okay, thanks for your call, Steve. Sorry you've had all of that. I am glad that you were able to get back in the workforce, though. And uh, a lot of people don't, uh, you know, consider that, that, you know, we uh, people get off of disability every day, just like we put people on disability. And that is the goal for to get people back in the workforce. The answer that you got is the correct answer. I don't know how we would be able to prove that other than that when we award your benefits to you at the time you start receiving retirement benefits, it'll tell you the gross amount that you're going to be receiving minus any deductions. And therefore, we would say minus the $100 for the uh for the current overpayment that would that is on your record, a lot of people don't realize that those overpayments never go away. They're out there, especially in today's world, where we're able to, uh, you know, keep up with things better. That you know, just could, someone may have been overpaid a long time ago, but it's going to be on their record. So if you draw retirement benefits, that is the the method for us to recover. That is to you know work with you to get those benefits held out of that monthly check. So uh, I don't know if how to you know, to verify that in writing, there's no mechanism in place for that other than yeah. with the, uh, you know, the initial award that comes out once we start receiving, you file for those retirement benefits. So thanks for your call. And and what, what kind of advice would you give other people in that situation on, um, I think my problem was not keeping records of, of the, the conversation that I had with social security d- down through the years on IDs, the social security person you're talking to and keep a very close note because that's right. what kind of lost my lost my appeals and, and and that is correct and to for us to for us to waive an overpayment there have to be two things always considered number one that you were not at fault and that that's pretty easy just by you call, talking with your conversation i would you know think that you're leaning to believe that you're not at fault the number two option or another two obstacle we have to cross there is you have no ability to repay any of the money back and most people don't fall into that category you can pay some of it back without interest over a long period of time so a lot of people get really upset with us when they say it's not my fault we totally agree that it's not your fault but for us to be able to waive that we have to say that the individual has no ability to repay the money at any point and so that's there are very few of those that we can totally waive there. All right. Okay. All right. Well, that that sounds good. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Right. Thanks for the call, Steve. Let's take one final break on Money Talks this morning. Uh, we've got some more callers lined up. Uh, Sean Mercer, always keeping busy when he comes in here. Uh, so let's go ahead and take this break. When we get back, we'll wrap up with your Social Security questions. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. 
Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. One day, one drive, one goal, $100,000. We need $100,000 to pay the cost of all things considered. Help us reach our goal during a one-day drive on Friday. To give now, visit mpbonline.org. Have you ever taken a week to do something that you know you could have easily done in just one day? I think we all have. But Friday, MPB Radio is putting procrastination off for a one-day, $100,000 drive. We're asking you to help us raise the entire cost of all things considered in just one day. So for just one day, we need everyone who loves MPB Radio to call 888-372-GIVE or visit mpbonline.org and let's knock this drive out in one day. It's the one-day, $100,000 drive this Friday on MPB Think Radio. And welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Chris Burford and Nancy Lotter-Janderson. Visiting this morning with Sean Mercer, Public Affairs Specialist at the Social Security Administration. Got a couple more calls to work through this hour. We will start with Connie in Tupelo. Good morning, Connie. Go ahead, please. Good morning. It's good to speak with you all. Thank you. I I filed for Social Security in the spring and received notification from that office that I had a retirement fund and a former employee, which was not for profit in Nashville, Tennessee. I have learned that, and I had forgotten about the fund. Uh, I have learned after calling them that it has gone through three different managements. And I am having a great deal of difficulty determining where my money is and who has it. Do you have any suggestions as how I can pursue this outside of retaining a lawyer? <laughs> I wouldn't. No, ma'am. All we do, and what it is, is you worked for an employer that did not pay into Social Security, so it's what we call a non-covered pension that we have to have, uh, you know, to look at to see if it would offset your Social Security there. So as far as how to you to, you know, access or gain that, I wouldn't be able to offer okay. you any advice there. Do you, okay. uh, do you know who the latest administrator is of that plan? I do not. Um, have I, you, ha- I do have the plan number, uh, you know, the the information uh, the Social Security sent me. Uh, but in speaking with people at the at the community, it was a retirement community, and uh, with the former HR director that was there uh, during the last management changeover, no one seems to have any information about any of that. And I've talked to former employees. Did you ever get a statement while you were working for them? I did not. This all sounds really fishy. Uh, I agree. Because you should have at least gotten a statement showing Mm -hmm. there's there's some financial institution that is handling this account, Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. could then go back to that original one. Even if they changed institutions, you should be able to track it. So I would say, yes, you might have a case for an attorney. So you would need to, uh, you said, I think this was Tennessee, so you need to get um, a Tennessee attorney who can help you with this. I shall proceed in that direction. Thank you all. Good luck. All right, Connie, thanks for the call. Uh, Let's work one final call in, and it goes to James in Water Valley. Good morning, James. Oh, good morning. I tuned in late, so you may have already answered my question. What is the cost of living adjustment for 2017? 
Good question, sir. And we don't know. We need to wait. It should be coming out in a, uh, let's see, it's the middle of uh, September, so maybe the middle of, to the end of October. It's and always big news. That's right. And the thing about it is uh, James will know about it the same time that we know about it at Social Security because it is something that's publicized. Uh, it comes out and uh, talks if there is going to be a cost of living increase, you know, what it is. And it's uh, usually, you know, highly publicized there towards the end of October. So we'll be waiting to hear about that, James. Okay, thank you very much. All right, James, thanks for your call. It looks like someone left a call. Um, does disability drop or change, I guess, if you get married to a working man? Uh, not regular Social Security disability. And I think the caller may be asking about supplemental security income, which is a needs-based program. The same disability uh, factors apply to see if that individual is disabled. It is a needs-based program, and it could impact that. But for regular Social Security disability, based on what you've worked and paid in, it, it's not needs-based. So you could get married and it wouldn't have an impact. You know, you, you said something about Medicare, you know, the window of penalty, 62, 67, 70. We, we still come back to this as consumers. You've got to ask questions. The more information you can get at your hands and read and understand and knowledge, retirement accounts are at an early age. You've got to really start digging in this early and really pay attention to it. And as you move along the ladder, uh, really check into it more as you get close to that age. Well, you need to mark your calendar. And uh, what Sean has been telling us is there's so many resources now online. And even if you don't have access to a computer or Internet, go to your local library. They can help you get online. Call the local Social Security office, and I think they are there. And, and our experience with working with clients, Sean, is that those Social Security representatives are really good about giving people options on their best way to draw. And so we really appreciate that. Good deal. And the biggest thing is you can call, go online, socialsecurity.gov. Very seldom do you have to visit the local office. All right. Very good. That's going to wrap us up for today. Uh, Thanks for everyone who called in. And again, thanks for Sean Mercer for coming in. As I mentioned, always a busy time when Sean is here. And I'm always amazed at uh, the wide variety of questions that he can field and always gives really great information. So we certainly appreciate uh, Sean helping us out on Money Talks, which is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one place that you can find it is mpbonline.org slash money talks. So for Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Chris Burford, and our guest, Sean Murfer, Mer, uh, Sean Mercer, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms. That's followed by Relatively Speaking at 11. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks right here on MPB Think Radio.